Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're at in the world today. It could be one of a uh, 212 countries that regularly visit our site. I'm your host, Ed the Pagan, uh, Ed Carell, and uh, we're here on the transmission. And tonight we're going to be talking about a little bit something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about 10 magical hacks for flow. What do I mean by flow? Flow is the feeling that you get when you're really in tune. Flow is actually when your brain focuses it so well that soon it seems like time passes easily. You feel like you've accomplished something and you feel like it's effortless or near effortless or maybe extreme effort and you just don't notice it. Flow is a state of the extreme athlete. It is the state of the high achiever. It is the state ultimately that you get into as a great magician and that is the ability to create flow. And uh, flow is a very important uh, feeling. It's a significant feeling for people. And uh, and it is one of those things that is very, very important um, to people. And that is it gets your energies going. It means that your body is flowing. A flow state is one of the few states that all five of the main chemicals that are in your brain that kind of operate come to the floor to give you really strong feelings. A good example of flow, uh, a good example of flow, um, is sometimes when I get into the radio show, you're just like, wow, so fast, so quick, wow, I love that. But if you're like a skier who's going down, and says, so, you know, if, if you've been in a beginning skier, you want to go down a little bunny trail, and all of a sudden you find yourself on the double X trail. And you have one or two choices at the moment. You can throw yourself on the ground, or you can try to survive it and go through it. Now, most people just try to keep themselves from going too far down, and they throw themselves on the ground. But some people go for it and run down that that absolute hill. And what the state they get into, it, it changes the way of the state, that they get into a focus where everything becomes very important, very granular, very essential, and their mind thinks so fast that they can't even think it through. You doesn't need to think it through because there they are. They're absolutely running it through. Um, hmm. um, run it through and run uh, create, uh, create a force through that it makes it possible uh, to have great energy, to create, have great power, to have great um, ability to create. And when you get into flow state, that's where most of your magic can happen. For us, that's where magic happens, where you enter into trance and enter into this feeling. And then you go ahead and say, dear God, you know, dear spirits, dear energy, dear whatever it is that you want to, you want it to flow, and that's the energy that you want. And so the first thing you have to imagine, the first energy that we're talking about in flow state is, of course, the idea of basically recognizing it. So you first state, your first hack is to recognize 
the state that you're in when you're casting magic. Now, why is that important? Well, most people don't absolutely commit themselves to magic. Um, they don't. They don't commit themselves to their energy. So the first step to this sort of actual working on the magic work or the spell work is to basically flow into it. Imagine that you're flowing into it. So your first hack is when you build your ritual, do you want to get into flow state? And that the first way of getting into flow state is to recognize such a state exists and that you're going to enter it. You're going to pay attention to how you're going to pay attention to your ritual feelings. And that's a very important energy. So then... And the second kind of hack or you know, of my nine, or my ten hack that I'm going to have for you, is to be able to name the type of magic or ability that you want. Your ability to have a target, a purpose, is important. Am I doing this ritual to make me feel better? Am I doing this ritual to cast energy? Am I doing this ritual to accomplish a goal? Is it just to change my state? Is it change my mind? Does it change my heart? Do I change my spirit? Do I change my feelings? Do I change my life? Do I change my heart? Do I change everything? What is it that I want to change? You have to come down to it. You have to accept in your way, in your place, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit, in your way, in every part of you, you have to have this idea of where you're going and what's going to feel like. To accept that it's going to feel like something when you get there. Now that's a really hard for most people to deal with. Okay, and that is all of that great and powerful energy. So, first tip is of course. Find what your flow state feels like and try to emphasize it. Try to feel what it does. Find the triggers. And the second thing, have a target of your magic. That's the first two. And it can be as simple as, as simple as I want to take, uh, you know, to accomplish something. I want to have a good day. I want to make it a great day. And so you do a morning ritual to say, what makes it feel like a great day for me? Well, you know, every day that I start out my ritual where I'm on time to work, is a great day. So you mentally work on working on a great day of getting to work. And then once you get there, you say that my magic is going to help me get to work. Please make all the traffic, you know, be there. So we look at different ideas of how it works, and then we kind of transform ourselves to fit into that bill. Um, and that's a really essential, a really essential part of it. Hmm. Um, so the next important hack, so you have these two, these two hacks. The third hack is knowing what to call what you're doing and identify it. What do I mean? If I'm meditating, I know that I'm meditating. If I'm going to do an astral projection, I'm going to do an astral projection. If I want to do clairvoyance or clairaudience or, or be clairsentient. Meaning, do I want to hear something? Do I want to see something? Do I just want to know something? Oh, Claire's a, a big one. You know, you have clairsentience and clairsensitive. You know, being clair, 
sentient is just having knowledge that you know from any place. Clear. Sentient, uh, sensitive means that you gain feelings out, out of from a different uh, action. Precognitor or recognitor, somebody who knows something ahead of time or somebody who knows something into the past. In all of these sense, uh, I think there's a, a sense of this sort of energy that when you can name what you want to do, then you can do so. Uh, conscious grounding, the sending and, and, and rescinding of, of your person, of, of the energies and what you're doing. So basically by identifying the, the, the actions that you want to really identify them is the third great hack. Just to be identify the powers that you want to use is going to give you all of this. And I already saying, oh, that, that's not a hack. Well, the truth is, is that most people don't know what they want out of magic. They don't know what they want. They do not know how to deal with it. And so they, they kind of get to a point where they go, oh, let's see what we do. I don't know what I'm going to expect out of this ritual. I don't know what I want. Do not do it. People who enter flow state know what they want. It's surprising, but it's true that they know that they want something out of whatever ritual they do. They know that they want something out of their magic. People want to flow state, no, I want to ski to the top bottom of that hill. And so, or they want to surf. Surfing is a big one for the, the, this sort of thing. And so by identifying that, you can do that. So what's surfing and magic, you know? I want to astral project and I want to feel the next dimension, or I want to speak with spirits, or any of these. It doesn't really matter what you're doing um, as long as you do it. Okay. So the fourth act that I'm going to offer is a very simple one, but it's extremely important. Now, we've already said identifying how you feel as you do magic. And when you get a good magic, identify what gets you to it. To identify where you're going in your magic is important. To identify what magic you're using is important. And now the last, the fourth hack of this first pattern is why are you doing magic? Why is going to give you fuel? Know your why. Why are you doing this ritual? You've got to engage your will. Your will is your power. Your power is your will. In this hour, we call unto our power because our power is our will. Our will is our power. Our power is our will. You cannot get past that. There is no magic without will. So this is the important thing. Where is your will? Well, your will emerges from your why. Why am I doing this magic? Why is it so important to me? What is it about it that is going to become Fantastic. What is it that I need to change? What is it that I need to do? What is it that I want to do? Why am I doing the magic? Why am I going to spend the time to create this force into the world that is going to alter it? What is my why to take my will and change the circumstances what I live? Why, why, why? Become a child in this. Why, Daddy? Why, Mommy? Why, God? Why, Goddess? Why, Spirit? Why, why, why? 
I'm saying that this is an important part. Why? 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 Okay, so have I said that enough? So what do I mean by the why? The why is literally your energy and your fuel because it gives you the emotional and mental and purposeful state of what you want to do. The why, you know, the why is essential. I need to change my life because I can't take it anymore. I need to change my life because I can't take it anymore is a why. So when you do that, you have a lot of energy. I can't take it anymore, and so I must now find the will to change my magic. And how do I want to do it? I want to do it through a spell, and I want that spell to change my life so that I can have money. Well, not how much money? Well, that's not particularly important. You just decide what it is that you want. You cast it. You name it. You do it. And now you have your why into place. So that's really essential. Um, and so that's an essential part of it. So in these first four, four, four abilities to reach our flow state, which is that ability to enter into a space where you know you're being effective because all your energy is behind it. And uh, then, you know, that is an essential part of it. So we're going to get on to the next one. We're going to get another one. But right now we're going to take a, uh, a momentary music break for Arthur Hines. And, of course, we're going to do witchcraft. Get away, crowd. And although 
because they don't well, really belong thanks. to me. You know, I, I they're going to go to someone else. They're going to go to another home. So um, unless, you know, I, there are my crystals that I have that are mine that, you know, that are on my altar. You know, you've seen at my desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know, those are mine. Those have my energy, but most of the crystals that I that I buy are for sale, and so I don't want to I don't want to make them mine. I want them make them ready for someone else to have them. Right. I guess. Yeah. You said it best. So I can't you, see. I'm trying to say it better, and I can't. <laughs> well, but you're the artist who does it, so you're going to share with me. So I'm giving people the six tips. You know, we're going through them pretty fast. We're going to get into the, to some of the longer ones here. But in the, on our sixth tip um, is that basically desi- take tools that are designed for the purpose. So the first one is about tokens that are – so the fifth hack is about tokens or symbols or magic or crystals um, and and bullets. You, you do a, a bullet. Bullets for peace is a good one. But the next act, of course, is do it with a purpose. And the reason why I'm bringing up your uh, peace bullets, right, your, your bullets, because those are, are items with an intent. You have a purpose when you create them, um, mm-hmm. and that is to create more peace. Is it, so that, that one is an intent one, right? You would say yes. that those have an intent to create more peace. Yes, I, I would say and they that, do, yeah. The, it, and it's, 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 it's about peace. It's that simple. And so when you intend your magic or pick up items that are intended for a tool, then you can absolutely use it. So when you go back to your flow state and you're getting ready for a ritual and you're getting ready to put yourself in state, you can put a piece of jewelry on yourself as a crystal or, in your case, a, a, a bullet that's intended for that purpose. Then that person can, couldn't go ahead. You can go ahead and know and you can allow that energy to enter you and feel it. And you get into a better flow state. Remember, this is all about uh, flow state. So you have a uh, not only do you have peace bullets, but I love your crystal balls. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. Yeah, and, They're and one of my about, most popular items. Talk a little bit about them. What do I mean by the crystal ball jewelry that you got? I mean, I know it. Um, you can describe your own. Um, I it's it's really a very simple piece of jewelry. It, it's uh, I take natural quartz crystal balls. I have them in different sizes and I put a cap on them so that it can hold a, you know, a ring and then they I turn them into pendants that you can, you know, like kind of divination on the go is my little tagline for it. It's uh something you can take with you. Um and I because I because they're natural quartz, I think they're very popular, you know, they're they're there's something about a sphere that that most people just have an affinity for, and I especially do. I love spheres, and I, I love balls of all different kinds. You know, uh, fluorite, quartz, amethyst, rose quartz, whatever. I, I like that shape, and I like. I think a lot of people have that that same feeling. So they're they're Absolutely. really popular. So, so you work with a lot of stones. So, so on my Mystic Gem site, you have a whole description of metaphysical properties of stones. I do. And uh, and so you so you engage. You believe that you know. So the crystal balls are an example of it. And fluorite. You get some beautiful fluorite that you you, you work with. 
Um, but you also work with some other things. So I think you have another tool I think is very good for people who are doing magic because you can change their state and allow them. You do little kaleidoscopes, don't you? Uh, I do. They're they're um, they're little they're prism kaleidoscopes. They're they're not um, they're not the same as a regular kaleidoscope. They're I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's a whole new thing out there. There and they sell a lot of them. They're called prism glasses, and they're basically um, they're like faceted glass, or I think they're glass. I don't think they're crystals. I don't think they're quartz. And they put them in lenses, and so when you look through them, you you have this kind of like, I guess they used to call it a bug's eye view, if you know what I mean. It's got like you know, mm-hmm. multiple facets, and those have become really popular, and the kaleidoscopes that I have are like that. I put a few little tiny crystals in them for color, but bless you. Um, it's mostly kind of like looking through that lens and seeing that prism eye view. And it breaks up your th- seeing so that you can change the way that you think. Because if you have something colorful like that hitting your eyes and, and gives you a pattern, I think it, it's another way to get yourself into a magical flow state. I think that you do that. Um, so is there any last things that you have as uh, pieces of jewelry or, or sort of items that you think that help people enter flow state that, makes, or that, that they think that would be useful for them? Um, I think probably uh, another one would be the cal- the optical calcite. The they ca- they call it Viking sunstone because they think the Vikings used it to um, find the sun on a cloudy day. And I think people have a real spiritual attachment to that as well for the same reason so you, I think because they help them find their way. That makes sense. That does mm-hmm. make sense, and, and I think that I stand. So, and this is something like you said, the Vikings used for an actual practical purpose. You know, people say, "Oh, you know, all these magical mumbo jumbo," but the optical, the calcite that you're talking about, was oftentimes had runes on it and other things on it. But they would all, but but it had a purpose of finding the sun, finding the energy. Absolutely, and they used it when they were, you know, traveling and sailing to, you know, to find where. Which direction? Because they needed to find where the sun was. Mm-hmm. And, and so that makes sense. Yeah, makes. The scientists have pretty much are convinced that this this is what they used. Well, that makes because absolute yeah. sense. It does. So so you so as we said with our our fifth one and our sixth our fifth act is that. Finding items that make you feel and understand your flow change, and two, use uh, use tools that are adapted for your magic. People are doing that, and I think that's a really essential idea. Um, so, Marianne, how can they reach you? How can they find your material? They can find me at mymysticgenesis.com. It's that simple, and uh, and you, you're on Facebook as well. I'm on, oh yeah, and, uh, I, I guess I am. I'm everywhere, really. I mean, I'm on all all Absolutely. the all the websites. So yeah, if you if you search for my mystic gems, you'll find me somewhere. Well, terrific. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank and, you for having uh, me on. And absolutely, and we're going to be back uh, with. Uh, we actually have Reverend Don Lewis joining us right after the break. 
And it's, I'm, I'm dedicating this to, to, to Marianne Kay, uh, this song. There you go. Thank okay. you for being with us, and we'll be right back with more of that. Okay. Everyday Goddess. Let's see you know Everyday Goddess. Another day for everyday goddesses. And that goes out to all you everyday goddesses out there. Celia. And we're back. We're here on the transmission. Back. We're going to be with you for one more month. Isn't that terrific? So, yeah, from the month of April, I'll be back for another month before uh, the Crone Family Hour returns back for a belting ritual right there at the beginning of May. And they're going to be taking that back their hour because they've uh, refocused, retooled. They're going to bring you a fantastic hour. And I will probably migrate to other locations on the site because I, you can't shut me up. Nobody wants to shut me up. They want to hear what I have to say. And why do they want to hear what I have to say? Is because what I say is fascinatingly true. 
I have a historical record of being correct. I have a accuracy about knowing what, what it is that people do, and I have helped so many people along the way find their flow of magic so that they can transform their lives. Now, there's another person who's transformed lives, and you know him very well. It is the most reverend Donald Lewis. Are you there, Don? I am. Hello. There you go. And so, Don, so my my seventh hack trick of magic is to have your alternative personality, I guess you would call it, your magical name that actually means something. And, I, and I, I'm so okay. glad you're here because this is something that's very important to you because I know that Corellians, if, if for those of you who are Corellians, and a lot of you have a lot of traditions, you have your outside name. I'm Ed. That's, that's you know, me. That's my birth name. Um... A lot of people in Corellianism, actually, we have a lot of Greek, not Greek, uh, Egyptian names. People get an initiation name with us, right? So they have another name within the, uh, the tradition that most people don't know about. Um, inner, and, and, and then there's even deeper than that, there will be oftentimes other names that people will get during various initiations to enter into it. And each one of these represents a sort of personality. Can you explain that a little bit? Why why don't we just go around calling ourselves Ed all the time? I mean, I'm just Ed, you know, and you're just Don. And why do we need these sort of ideas of, you know, kind of having these ideas of even the idea of a magical name or a magical persona? Well, Corellian, Corellian temples very much have individual practices. Um, so you would find this in some temples, not in others. Uh, and you find it in some traditions and not in others. Uh, but I think the idea can best be described as part of, part of putting yourself into a magical mindset. Uh, it can be through a magical name. It can be through an attitude. Uh, we use robes for that purpose as well. Uh, it puts you into a certain mental state. It's a key that helps you to attune your mind to being in a magical place. Um, it, um, the idea of the magic circle is sometimes being, sometimes described as being outside of, of uh, time and space. And the magical mindset might be described that way as well. So some people will use a name um, which may be known to others or may not be. And personally, I, I tend to feel that uh, magical names are something that um, are not necessarily shared. In the Corellian tradition, we have something called a, uh, a clavis, which displays a personal sigil, which in theory is a vision sigil. And no one but, but the person's sponsor for their vision and the person themselves should ever know what that, that sigil means exactly. Uh, maybe they're nearest and dearest, but it's not really meant to be revealed. It, it's spirit's personal message to you. And that is, in a way, the same thing as a, a magical name. It, it is a personal key that you have to your spirituality. Uh, when you go into this, you go into a very particular mindset whether it's thinking of yourself according to that particular magical name, uh, putting on those particular magical robes, um, 
going through various rituals people might might have for their personal practice that help them to to alter their consciousness but magic is done from from a level beyond your ordinary thinking mind thinking mind does have influence on it um but it's really done from the soul and when you put your mind more in alignment with your soul that is really when you when you do magic um, and that's when you flow. This can happen very naturally. Flow. Yeah, flow. Same thing. Mm-hmm. That, that's exactly the concept. And when you're in a magical flow, just as if you're an artistic flow or or, um, or just the flow of a really good day, you're in a certain state uh, from which it is more easily possible to affect change. And And so I... I become fascinated with the superhero idea of identity. Okay. Especially in the idea of the magical world. So in the magical world, so and, and I think this is very is very much along the lines of the Corellian thought. So who's the secret identity in the in the, in Superman or Clark Kent? That, that's a very good point. And it's Clark Kent that's actually the secret mm-hmm. identity. And Superman yeah. the Oversoul. And so I think mm-hmm. that a lot of what we teach is about the Oversoul, that we are the Oversoul. And I think our bodies, we talk about our bodies being Clark Kent, to that Oversoul, that mm-hmm. Superman. And that we're always trying to I think that's it. a very good, a very good analogy. And I think what you're talking about, so when I was talking earlier with uh, Marianne Kay of My My Mystic Gems, and we were talking about the different totems, there are things that we can try to break through being just Clark Kent. I think we forget that we're not Clark Kent. We're more Superman or Superwoman. Uh, You know, there's a saying that um, you're not a physical being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a physical experience, which is that same idea that it's the, the higher self that is the true self, um, the super self, if you would. So let me go ahead and offer some of my metaphysical sort of shifts of name because I've just taken on one, right, to change my energy. So if I'm the oversoul, mm. and Clark Kent is just one version of, of me, right, or more importantly, Ed Hubbard, mm. right? Yeah. I also have another name that people I speak by. When I get on the radio, people don't realize I'm Ed the Pagan. Boom. And I have to be the most pagan person I can. It really does change my flow state. It makes me want to go, okay, what, what does a pagan do? Think like a pagan. Um, mm-hmm. Right? When I'm there, I go, oh, I have to really think like a pagan. They're expecting me to respond like a pagan. It's not like, oh, I can respond just like Ed Hubbard. No, I have to respond. You know, respond in this bigger way, this bigger self. Um, mm-hmm. When I was younger and I had channeled entities, people don't realize that I used to be quite the channeler in my in my youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in my twenty, my early twenties, my late teens, my early twenties, and I came out. Coven, Coven was the personality mm-hmm. that eventually would become, that I would share with the world and share with myself a way to handle those energies because those energies were so powerful. Those flows of channeling is so, was so powerful for me that I had to separate that from my daily life. 
that was more, yeah, that was more like a, a yet another sort of like energy or manifestation instead of being a, a Superman character, which is the Oversoul, which can do anything you want to believe. That is very much more like a, a Doctor Strange moment. I, I, you know, I'm Doctor Strange in that moment in the comic book world. It means I'm working with mystic energies that, you know, I can accept, but the rest of the world might not accept around me so that I can slip back into Ed Hubbard or, you know, being the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can walk around amongst people and the idea of this idea, but you put on that costume, you put on that clothing, the robes, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm there in that sort of mystic space. Mm-hmm. And I've always, and my last one is I had the title Paladin. I've been always a paladin. I mean, I am a protector of the earth. I'm a protector of a lot of things. I'm a protector of people. People don't really realize that. So for me, then I'm paladin. And now I've kind of manifest that around Sir Ed Carell. I mean, this is my in my tradition. This is my paladin name. This is something I'm going out. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. beginning to see that life out of it. Now, that's got a lot of overlap with my day-to-day life as Ed Hubbard because super composter. The worm guy. That's yet another thing that people call me the worm guy. I'm like, I get into state. What is the worm guy? I get into the state where I grow magnificent worms, lots of soils. I just moved another cubic, uh, cubic yard of soil today of high-grade, top-of-the-knot soil amendments, the best food your plants could ever eat. And that's another state flow. So each of these personalities I've got within me aren't different people, but they are, are different energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one represents that. Because you have the same thing. Because you're, because you, because you have your your officious name. Mm-hmm. Is that the proper way to say it? That I've, I've tried that to be. Yeah, that, well, you could you put it that big, way. Well, you have your big title. Yeah. That you do when you finally announce the part. Your let's call it your parliament name. Okay. Everybody loves it. Everybody has the parliament of world religions. It's a great example because. I doubt very much that a lot of these leaders are all used to using their full. Uh, how do you? What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? How do you use it when you use your extensive title? Titulary. Huh? Full titulary. It, right. Is that what I mean? His Holiness. Da, 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 when they go on the whole, you know, His Holiness, the, the Pope, of, you know, mm. that sort of thing. The Queen of England, Emperor, of, Empress of uh, England, and India. Yeah, that sort of thing. They have a title for that. Is there a name for that, sort of, when you do that? Pomp and Circumstance? Yeah, uh, you, you can refer to it that way. But you're also and, and internationally yes, known. Yes, it's not. Uh, yeah. And that sort of thing so is used find- for formal occasions, not necessarily in, in everyday lives. With any of, with right. any of those it, people. Right. Of course not. I have no doubt there's somebody who calls the Pope Pappy. Hey, Pappy, can I help you? Yeah, probably a servant, some, some helpers. I have no doubt that he has mm-hmm. people around him that treat him like an ordinary human being. Uh, partic- right. Particularly this one, I imagine that's true. But, but many of them uh, have yeah. people who have been with them for years and, and knew them long before they were in that position. And, and they mm-hmm. go out of their way to make sure they keep those people both out of loyalty and, and because – um, they mm-hmm. knew them before the office. Because right. if you only surround so you yourself have... with people who know you in the office, then, then they, um, mm-hmm. they're they starstruck. They're not going to be right. able to give you real advice. All right. 
So I want to take people into the ninth tip because the ninth tip is one of the most important, I think, underrated tips in our community. Have art in your house that is adapted to your magic. Mm -hmm. I'm serious about this. So I love kinetic art. If you know my magic, I'm a kinetic magician. I'm, my magic is in my movement. I'm a paladin. If I get my energy going, my will gets moving forward. I create change. Change creates hearts. You know, change changes hearts. Hearts change minds. Minds change the world. That's mm-hmm. my kinetic energy. And my art should reflect it. And I love optical illusions that make me, you know, what am I really looking at? Because I love to analyze optical illusions because it tells you, because an optical illusion is a magic trick. It's your mind Mm -hmm. saying, I see this differently than what the world is telling you what it should look like. A great optical illusion is a great state changer for me. How about for you? Mm -hmm. You are also, as we move from magical personalities to you, you are also the internationally known artist in Don Lewis, Darn Art Products. Yeah. You believe deeply that your that your art helps change state. Probably one of the biggest things that you do to help people change their state, right? Yeah, I, I, like. I would say that. So you draw. You I, draw I feel that art is a very powerful tool. Talk about that, and 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 the idea that I'm talking about. So you did, have done a lot of art. Was a magical intent that when people see it, it's supposed to know convey a magical message, right? Yeah. Stained glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have some stained glass pictures that I think if ever gets mm-hmm. made will just be like the most glorious cathedral people have seen. And I'm, I'm hoping that in the me. next couple of years we'll be able to do some of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, so much of the artwork I do, even the calendar that we brought out just a couple of months ago is very very heavily mm-hmm. patterned with metaphysical ideas. And I, I learned to do this uh, largely from Lady Bitterwind. Uh, although part of it I was doing naturally, and she saw it, and, and she emphasized it to me. But the idea is that um, you, you, you pattern your artwork with layer after layer of understanding. And, of course, like anything else you make, when you do a piece of artwork, you're putting your energy into it also. You're charging it whether you mean to or not. And people will often pick up on that charge. It depends um, on all the stages the artwork goes through. But often if you, if you see a piece of art, you, you are reacting to the energy of it as much as anything else uh, if it was actually made by hand. Uh, and even often if it was not, the uh, there, there's more than an intellectual and more than a visual level to anything that we do, and certainly artwork. But the thing about artwork that makes it so um, potentially transformative is that it does not really work with the intellectual self. It works with the emotional and the spiritual self. And so it delivers its messages in a way that while you might think of them you think of them after you've already emotionally absorbed them. And because of this, you can, you can, you can basically download information to people that they uh, don't necessarily even, even have consciousness of, but because they've seen it, they can, get, they can gain an understanding of it. Um, 
And yes, I've wound this through, through most of the artwork I've done during my life. Um, and it ranges from metaphysical understanding of the universe uh, to ideas about humanity, because I'm a great believer in inclusiveness um, in terms of gender and race and orientation and so forth. And I, and I have made an issue of that in my artwork all along. And you might not immediately make an action looking at the artwork, but you absorb the message. So and this somebody, is why... So- this is why you should also look at the artwork that, that you see and ask yourself, what is the message? Um, because if it's... Um, but, you know, if, it's, if it's full of blonde Barbies, that too is a message. Um, well, I've seen blonde uh, Barbie art. I've seen mutilated mm-hmm. Barbies. I've seen altered Barbies. Yeah. And hasn't Barbie not I'm not, I'm not saying that, that none that... of the, this, these things don't have their place. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't, isn't it an example of, okay, good change state? Because Barbie's done something just really different. They decided to bring out, in this state of the Me Too world and women empowerment, they began to do one mm-hmm. other thing that's very interesting. And that is that they began this last set of dolls are actually, again, once again, not just princesses, but real people, real iconic figures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the human computers, of, uh, hidden figure uh, fame. Um, I'm not going to try to remember her name and butcher it. I'd rather not. But they've done all these like iconic, $17 are iconic mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. Because I Barbie thought they were wonderful. Out just, and that, because Barbie comes out, so Barbie is actually a symbol of state change that I talk about of magic, a way that art is magic. Because when mm-hmm. girls play with those dolls, they become the state of the doll. The doll becomes a conveyor of that energy, correct? Mm-hmm. And so the way that she looks, what she's supposed to do, her feelings, you know, she's in a doctor's outfit, then we get the idea that this is a doctor. And then the, that the child who's playing with it let me not just make it just women, but men play it too. We then absorb that personality mm-hmm. for a while. So getting back to our magic personalities and art, isn't there a combination in that? Isn't in some ways a way magic, isn't there magic that you can take your art and your magical personality and merge them and creating things? Well, isn't yes, that what absolutely. you do? Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you are if you are creating that artwork from um, from your magical mindset or your magical persona, if you want to put it that way, yeah, they're very much merged. And to some extent, even if you're not doing it mindfully, um, using that word flow, once you once you fall into that flow, you are in your magical mindset, whether you intentionally went there or not. And so, even even if you are not conscious of the fact that you're using it magically, when you're in that that creative state of flow, you are in touch with your higher self. You are in alignment with your higher self, even if you didn't mean to get there. Uh, And so I would say it's always a magical act, but as with all magic, because everything we do magically, we also do unconsciously. Learning magic is learning how to do it intentionally. And Mm -hmm. um, 
anyone anyone who has done artwork and gotten into that state of flow, they know what a magical mindset is because that's it. Um, it um, it can feel a little different depending on what you're doing, but it's the same thing. And uh, learning to do this intentionally um, makes a huge difference to the results that you get. Because one of the things people commonly don't understand is what they actually want. Um, and often, the things that they consciously want and the things that they, they sub, that subconsciously want are very, very different. Rule and hack number four, know your target when you're casting your spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why shadow work a, is so very important. See, we're getting to a lot of this. So, so this has been is so impressive. So, Don, let's go ahead and talk about changing state a little bit. I know that people want to change their state. Getting into your presence is one of those things. Where are people going to be able to find you? You're going to go on the road for a bit. You're going to be at the – so your next thing that you're doing is – well, you're in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, doing a lot of events. Can you talk a little bit about the yeah. events that you're doing in Jacksonville, Florida? Uh, well, so I they, am the president of the Northeast Florida Pagan Leadership Coalition. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very much involved in that organization, and we do, particularly through the summer, public rituals, um, and uh, often at beaches or parks. And if you wanted to know more about that, you can go to uh, the Nepaltech page. And let me just make sure I'm giving you the right address for that. Well, and to contact uh, you all together, it's on Lewis HP. So you, you're also going to be at yeah. the Corellian Lustration. I will be at the Corellian right? Lustration. April 27th, um, 29th. And where's that? And that is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And Absolutely. if you want to know more about that, you can go to CorellianLustration.com. And mm-hmm. it has all the information. As you say, it's Friday, April 27th. Uh, through uh, that Sunday, um, and uh, it is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at the Loyal Order of Moose Lodges, Um, and there's a whole website. You can find out all of the different things that are uh, are happening, and um, that is, again, CorellianLustration.com. After that... Um, I will be at the St. Louis Picnic uh, in St. Louis the first week in June at Tower Grove Park. Uh, I will then be at the Three Gates Festival. And that will be your hobby. Wait, hold on. Let's stop at the St. Louis Pagan Picnic. You're not just going to be at St. Louis Pagan Picnic again. St. Louis Pagan Picnic is a really change state place, I think, for you. Because uh, it takes you back. Because isn't like I was just looking at uh, Magic TV, Magic with a K, dot TV, M-A-G-I-C-K, dot TV. Takes you right to our YouTube channel, one of the original YouTube channels out there, because we're so precognitive at times, we get involved with things, and we're about and we're about to get involved with some really great technology. You want to know, and I'll talk a little bit about that, because we're doing Facebook Live Ask a Witch, our latest and greatest project. The people who brought you the Daily Spell, Pegasus Tonight, Magic TV, Witch Goal, we're, doing, we're on Facebook Live doing Ask a Witch. Is our latest uh, 
reach out to the public opinion because I because why because we can because we can do that. But then, um, but the St. Louis Bank picnic, I was noticing on Magic TV, you've got like it goes back years. It's like I was looking at. Oh yeah. I mean, years and uh, years. We we have done video from there for more, more than a decade, and we were going there years before we started video. Um. Mm-hmm. So we have been appearing at, at at the St. Louis Pagan Picnic um, in the neighborhood of 20 years. I don't know if it's exactly 20 that we've been going, uh, but we've been going from uh, the point the, – the, the first ones we went to, they were still a young organization. Um, so, yeah, we've been going there a long, long time. One of the first interviews at Magic TV – uh, some of the first interviews were done at the Pagan Picnic in 2005, maybe. Um, and we've had interviews pretty much, at, well, I believe literally every year um, yeah. since then. So and it's there is a uh, playlist. It probably is, yeah. I, I, other than Lustrations, it, it would be our most uh, our most covered event. I, th- I think. And we, so, so, uh, and you're going to be at Three Gates Festival from there. Yeah. Uh, June this 8th is to the 10th. First time you've been to that event, right? Yes, this is something I have not done before. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I will be at Witches Fest USA in New York in July. New York City? Yes. And um, you're a Midwestern. You're supposed to say it like a New York City. Oh wait, you're a Floridian now. That's right. You <laughs> you state change. You don't identify with us Midwesterners out in the snow and the cold anymore. This man is so cruel. He calls me <laughs> in the middle of the winter to tell me the weather report of Florida. Well, about my work field. Just <laughs> let him know that's his mean streak. Um, now there's a reason I live in Florida. Absolutely. And you're going to be in New York City. And with the, with the and, test uh, will be um, July 13th through 15th. And then um, I believe I think I think you're going to be I think you're going to be up here for the Chicago Pink Pride too. I think. Well, for me, most likely, yeah. Uh, most likely, but uh, you're also going to be hanging out with me as my very special mm-hmm. guest, because Don, usually usually I'm the special guest for Don. This is going to be actually different, because at Harlem Pegasus Fest, I'm actually an honored guest there, and I'll be doing teaching classes, and Don will be hanging out with me the first time that he's going to that festival. So before yes. I get on to the last, so I'm going to get on to the last week, so we're talking about this. So Don and I decided to hack our own personal magic. Tip number one, hack your own magic. And what do I mean by that? So Don and I, I want to talk about a few minutes of it because we, me and Don went on a road trip pretty much in secret to see you know, mm-hmm. where our magic was, our ability to communicate. We went to convocation for the first time, and we went as guests. We didn't, you know, we didn't announce ahead of time to people. They didn't, you know, we didn't use any of our witchy powers to kind of get, give us a, a advantage, I guess, to say, you know, for a better state to tr- do it. We did not precondition our events because we didn't know what we were going to get into. And so that 
we needed to do, so we, because we go into events, we usually have great events. We do amazing events. We have illustrations very cool. We, when we go out and talk, we do some great events. We have great events. But when yes, you're on, on one side of this, but when you're on the one side, you have a state of being that you deal with. When Don's with illustration, he is the master of his domain. I'll work along with everybody else, and, and his people all work. It's like a well-oiled machine, but it's a very different state. He's very aware of everything that's happening, and his most essential thing is making sure all the rituals that are attending there have a great sort of experience in doing ritual. So for us, to hack our own magic, we have to actually break out of being that sort of persona and play. So the last thing you must do is to hack your own magic is you must learn how to play. And I think that enough people do not play with magic. I think this should have been – I can do a whole – and I'm probably in the next couple of weeks going to do a whole thing about playing with your magic. And this makes me different than most of the cyber magicians because isn't there a belief in magic, Don? That, I don't get this, but there is this idea that all magic needs to be well-structured and well-organized. Well, there are a lot, it, a lot of people whose approach to magic is very superstitious. Um, the Corellian point of view is that magic is a natural thing that you do every moment that you're alive anyway. And what you do when you study magic is you learn how to control a natural process, the same way that um, people who use breathing and meditation are learning in, to control their breathing, but it's not because they don't breathe otherwise. It's to become mindful of their breathing. Um, and so, yeah, there are a lot of people who are very... Um, I would say very superstitious in their attitudes about magic, but it's definitely not the background I come from. And so when we went to convocation, we were playing. I mean, we were just playing, being regular people. And mm -hmm. for the biggest part, we were treated like regular folks. It was interesting. It, what was the biggest big change for us? And I think this is really essential. We got in front of people – 80, about 80% 80 of the people did not know who either one of us were. Mm -hmm. I think that's really about not at all. I mean, not in a little bit. I mean, like that, they hadn't heard of Witchful, they hadn't heard of everything. That was, like, shocking to me. And that's yeah. really altered since then my focus on it. They hadn't heard of Pegasus Night Radio. They hadn't heard of it. And then at the same time, there was, like, 20% of the people who really knew who you were. Mm-hmm. And every, almost every one, every one of their honored guests, every one of their present, major presenters knew who you were. Mm -hmm. they, so that was very interesting. So when you got with them, they saw you in a different light. That basically you're saying that you're able to talk about sort of these higher ideas. And these guys were like that. And I watched people who didn't know who you were but knew who they were, like, who are you? Then there are people who know you. And you had people come up to you and talk to you about your – you had the ability to – I think this was very important because you had the ability to accept, to allow to come into you the ideas of people who said, oh, I love your videos and hear that without it being mm -hmm. like in a, a position where you were the honored guest and they're trying to talk to you. They just approached yeah. you out of the crowd. And then mm -hmm. you're able to tell people what you're doing. You're kind of lit up when you're able to tell people. And I forget how much the energy – you're around people so often that know everything about you that you get lit up when people don't know who you are. You really like, oh yeah, you don't know who I am. Well, here's what I do. This is what you want to learn about this. This is great. Let me teach you something new. 
Um, mm-hmm. See, I hate this. You know, I, I, so let me tell you a quick story. So this is like um, important to me. So I was going like um, early on in my career, you know, early earlier, people were like, Oh yeah, you like so so yeah so so you know I'm a big believer in uh, 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 magic and I said I really love Gardner and he goes yeah what's you? so yeah yeah Gardner was good but who's Alexander but you know the Alexandrians uh, uh, Saunders was really a big important partner I went Saunders and like this you call yourself a, uh, a witch and you don't know who Saunders is. And, I, you know, I had a bit of a drink, so I had a little bit of a drink on, and the energy of it was like, they go, excuse me? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know absolutely about Saunders. It's basically, he's a big, important witch. He's a very important part of our community. How dare you? And he tried to make me feel like a piece of poop. Like, oh, my God, how do you do And I looked at him finally, though. You're the type of high priest that makes everybody else look bad. Here you are trying to tell him, you know, saying how important it is that Sanders is. And instead of looking at me as a student who never heard of Saunders, Alexander, Alexandrian, and just so you guys all know, that you have this pretense to tell me to enlighten me about this teacher. Instead, you're so condescending to me because you don't think that I, ha- I haven't spent the time and energy to learn it. So what type of teacher are you that if you just don't want to enlighten me but you want to criticize me? And the person looks at me, oh, I never thought of it that way. I'm so sorry. And they go, I have to think about that. And so that happened. So Alexander Stanford's Alexander is Alexander Priest and everything else, and he's a very important figure. But I find this true of a lot of different people, and it's about the thing. So I see you as that second person. You go, oh, wow, you don't know about it? What would you like to know? Hmm? Well, I think that's a much more constructive way to approach it. But you you see what I'm talking about, that phenomenon in the community. It's unfortunately very common. Um, you know, I was raised to be very conscious of how I presented myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised to be very conscious of diplomacy. I was raised to, to consider my, my outcomes very strongly because I come, I come from a family that's been dealing with outcomes for a long time. Uh, and, you know, I look in the, the community and very often people in positions of leadership in, in the pagan community do not consider their outcomes at all, nor how they present themselves, nor how they present their information, and do, do in fact create sometimes very negative impressions, um, not, even, not even aware that they're doing it, uh, by, by being um, Unnecessarily arrogant, unnecessarily unkind, and um, and 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 various other things. Well, one one of my pet peeves is name calling. Um, mm-hmm. Not a way that you present yourself if you want to be taken seriously and respected. It's common, but it's not respectable. And you know, you often hear people in the community say, "Why aren't we more respected?" Um, but to be respected, you must behave in a certain way to be taken seriously. If you go around calling people names all the time, you sound like an eight-year-old, not a religious leader. And so I hate it when I hear people use terms like fluffy bunny because they sound like a loon. Uh, if you don't know the context, it's even worse. And it's not mature mm-hmm. behavior. And they don't stop to think the impression that they're giving, which is not a positive one on them. 
um, yep. and other things that they do. But, you know, if you want to, for one of a better way to put it, if you want to make friends and influence people, you, you need to consider how you're coming across and put some effort into that. Care how you're regarded. Well, that's fine, but don't talk about that being upset that you're not respected. Right. So I'm going to go on to a bonus hack. So this is the last hack. This is the last hack, and we're going to finish it up with this. But me and Don have done this in the past. And so I decided one of the things is where did Don and I so, – so Don and I have gotten pretty far, and we didn't do it alone. There's Lady Crystal, just a lot, dozens and dozens and dozens of people, and there's dozens of people with those people and dozens of people with those people. You know, so there's a vast network of people who supported our vision. And we, mm-hmm. I'm eternally grateful to all these people who have helped us share our vision. Yes, indeed. And what is our vision? So what is our vision? With the Wheel of Hecate, the Psychic, uh, Psychic Chicago Magazine, and the Five Mystic Secrets, to Psychic Chicago Radio and the Witching Hour Radio, the first shows of their kind on terrestrial radio, to Telepathic mm-hmm. Radio and Psychic Chicago Magazine for years, to The Daily Spell, uh, onto the internet and then into which school the largest online school public education school which is undergoing a major transformation and you should join it for five dollars a month if you supported us you support us so much you wouldn't believe how incredible tiny bits of money have been to build a magical system globally financially uh, it's important so and then um, what was next? Oh, Magic TV, your favorite, I think. I think Magic TV of all the projects is probably your favorite project. Probably, yeah. And, of course, it's, in uh, that process. Of... Yeah, go ahead. It's, it, it's uh, one that I put a lot of energy into. And and then in that process from Magic TV and also from what school, you published, what is it, seven, eight books now? Well, five a books of direct school. Yeah, a number of books. Yeah. You have an art. Um, and so that you can see that. From that became Pagan Tonight Radio, the most, which we share tonight, which has been a very successful seven-day-a-week radio station that runs on volunteer labor and has been around for years, episode 2900 or something like that. And we're heading for our 3,000th episode. It's important. Mm-hmm. And now we're putting together our Facebook Live, Ask a Witch Project. You have so many other uh, – you have Corellian Publishing, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. right now? CorellianPublishing.com. CorellianPublishing.com. Um, and so all of these projects and then the uh, – and, and, and sort of now, every event we talked about that gives us permission to, we'll be broadcasting live from there now. Isn't that amazing? That's going to be like the most amazing shift and change for me. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But all of this came from – we didn't have all of this at one time. In fact, mm-hmm. we envisioned this. This is where we – and this is where I talk about play, the most important aspect of allowing your play. We allowed ourselves to play with divination when you had injured your back, and I mm-hmm. was really just kind of at being a, a drone at the workplace. I mean I've never been a drone. Okay, let's be honest. I've been <laughs> that, but mm-hmm. that's true. I've done drone. I do drone work. I'm a good drone worker, but I'm not a drone. Never been. I am the rebel amongst the drones. Trust me. Um, but we played with tarot cards, 
I mean, just didn't play with him. Played with him deep and hard for a long period of time, over a period of months. Mm-hmm. And in it, we envisioned this idea of this everything it is we can. Mm-hmm. And everything we talked about is a vision. We're further that because I'm about to start my next game play, and I, I really want to talk about that. But we envisioned a lot of things, a lot of amazing things. And when we had Psychic, uh, 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 Psychic Services Incorporated, uh, it was a great mm-hmm. business name, and everything else, we also had a lot of these visioning moments where we would spend a lot of time visioning our future. Mm-hmm. What would we do if we were a global face? What would we do if we had the ability to project television? We started our video. We started intent. So all of these have been a will and intent. We've intended to it. We played with the visions. We gave ourselves personas. We started giving. We started creating the essential trappings of a greater church because we started out. Corellian started out, and it remains this very family, very practical practice. Correct. Absolutely. But the uniforms, you have to admit, have gotten much, much fancier than they ever were when we started. Well, you know, when it, when it, when it was within the family, there, there was less need for things like regalia. Um, when, mm-hmm. when things like that were used at all, it was for the purpose of, of, of inducing that magical mindset. Um, but as a... a uh, a public tradition, it's a different situation. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we, um, and you used to draw pictures of, of... So today, you literally have... So talking about your art, where you played with your art, you drew pictures of what people would look like wearing this stuff, and today you have pictures, photographs of people wearing this stuff pretty much. And the idea is mm-hmm. not a model. These are literally people who are doing it because they've transformed their lives according to your vision through your play. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. me, and me has always been about technology, how we're going to do so many technological things. So this is the last piece. So one thing I'm trying to have, so I use Matt, so I'm starting to use cyberspace. Next week's show, Cyber mm-hmm. Magic. I'm talking about it really hard. I'm going to spend an hour talking about cyber magic next week. If you really want to know what I mean, but so I've always played with the ideas of it. Cyware. What do you think of that name? I'm working on it. Cyware. P S Y W A R E. Psychic software. Okay. What the hell am I talking about? What the hell am I talking about? In my play, I've always said that we're you know computers and cyberspace has always been like psychic, and and one of the things that I think that has been very good about my paladin energy is I've always pursued a forward front pursuit of being accepted in the mainstream. The reason why we've been successful is the products from my energy, for, for my version of the energy. From Don's, he's had this great art. He's had this great vision of spirituality. He's able to teach people spirituality. He's able to teach them how to connect. And that message has resonated so hard across the world that people all over the world listen to what we do. And they start to share some of our things, and they add their energy to it. So Corellianism is about not just ours, but their energy too, so they're able to teach. But Mm. my version, the reason why I'm a paladin of the tradition, mine has always been driven forward to make sure that when any witch, especially a Corellian, but any witch or any Wiccan or any pagan wanted to do something, they had the means to do so. 
I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying the cash or the resources, but at least they had the right to do so that they're they would find support to do so. If you wanted to open a temple, we would give you support. So my job has always been able to find. I think the compulsion of finding resources and getting them moving so you so we can do this. Mm-hmm. Right. We had people resources. And the number one hack, so we hacked world religions. Let's be perfectly honest. We hacked the global religious system. We intended to become, you know, we intended to say, how do we get more accepted so that we could have equality with other religions? And we learned one of the major hacks was in our play and our understanding. So we applied all of this so people understand. This is not just something. I've been talking about it. You say, oh, well, every, you just talk about all this stuff is theoretical. None of the, anything I talked about tonight was theoretical for us. That's the big thing. Mm. So as we kind of close this, every single tip we told you is not theoretical. Mm-hmm. We, right? Every single tip. We didn't That's not, true. And not a single tip I gave you tonight is theoretical. Not a single tip. I cannot give you a dozen examples of where we applied it in our own lives. And as we're and that's, that's how we problem. tended to approach this. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk from experience. And, um, you know, if, if you read the books that I've written, I don't talk about how I think things ought to be. I talk about my experiences and the things that I understand because of those experiences. And, and yes, also things I was taught. But I accept the things I was taught based on the experiences that came from them. Um, and I'm, I'm a great believer in, in um, not perpetuating things that don't work just because, but just because they were there. So in my play, six years from now, so, so about 20 – I would say, what is it? Uh, Psychic Chicago, 1994, 1995 is when we really got into the cartooning. Mm-hmm. That really kind of burned it. I think it was like 94, 95 we got really into the cartoons. I think so. Uh, I, the side I, team and all that. I, um, yeah, we've... Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We did a comic book. It's it, out there somewhere. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, it should, it should be. There were there were many copies of them. Well, I'm also... You, somewhere there's a digital copy you have out there. There should be, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you should put that on Corellian Publishing. <laughs> You're right. I should do that. Let me okay. make it. Okay, I think so. I think people. I would buy one. I'd really like to have another hard copy of that. <laughs> but that was the play too. Cause we envisioned ourselves as kind of uh, these strange superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ran all over the city of Chicago. But in that process, I always make a joke about Coven 2030, and maybe a lot sooner that, of mm. robotic bodies, right? Robotic witches, right? I always made that joke. And I always talked about cyberspace rituals, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm looking as possibly – so I've been involved, so people don't know. So, so if you really talk about hacking magic and hacking reality – this is not a joke. I'm really when I talk about cyware, I'm not talking about it in practicality. I'm using all these magics to ma- you know because we've used it to hack before. And right now, it has been announced by uh, uh, All Nippon Airways 
ANA, so they're mm. starting an Avatar project. Have you seen the movie Avatar? Of course you have. Yeah. And you know how they downloaded their people, downloaded their personalities, or in, yeah, mm. were able to operate their personalities into the machinery? Yeah. Yeah, into the, um, the robots? There's now a $10 million contest to build that system. Very cool. That's a four-year well, contest. You know, and, and, of course, I've been invited to participate. That's very good. What do you say? It only stands to reason that it's coming. It's a matter, matter of um, when and how. So, when, when something is, is – um, when something becomes possible, it's very rare that it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. So in essence, if these 10 tips all lead us to the idea of exponential magic, that our magic is bigger than we think. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the, the ultimate thing is, is if you follow these 10 acts, where can you get to? You can take your magic and put it anywhere in the world that you want. And you can get opportunities to improve your life. So that's it. That's essential it. So that's our thing about exponential magic. That your magic is greater than you. And if you follow these kind of tips to bring your magic into a higher flow, it'll grow exponentially. And um, I think that's a very important part of what we do. So and I think in the last, like mm-hmm. you said, last of the play, because now I'm envisioning coming into the Corellian illustration in five years and and because and because everybody wants me to perform, I'm planning to get a robot body that will perform it for me while I sit there and do, uh, I stand, uh, stand there. There you go. I can visit. So people will be able to visit. <laughs> but more importantly, this Corellian illustration, more so than any others, you will be able to come and visit online. Mm-hmm. That's a big change, too. So we're kind of seeing this exponential magic. We're seeing this sort of thing. So not only can you t- participate in the illustration. I've actually been wondering, could we do an all-cyber illustration in a year or two? Could we do one where everybody's like, I've been thinking about this. Again, mm-hmm. play. But could we do one where everybody's like like a Skype room where we can film everybody in their own ritual at their own space, doing it in front of their own altar, doing all the different parts? Actually, I think we might be at a point that that could be done. We're getting pretty close. Live. I mean, they do mm-hmm. it live. Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah, I do but it has to be able to handle the number of connections. Otherwise, the technology right. is there now. Right. Well, I remember with David's uh, spell singer. Yeah. Um, that we envisioned one time. We talked to him. Oh, it must have been twenty-something years ago about the great North American ritual. And we were going to have people connected in a room where we had four screens, so we could see where the four corners were. They could see us. And we're going to have somebody mm. on the north, in the south, like on the California coast, somebody on the east coast, somebody in Canada, and somebody down in Mexico. And we're going to do this, cast the world's greatest circle, the biggest circle ever. Mm. Um, and then we're going to do the ritual. And that we're going to, this is how it's at. Today, you know, we, every, at the time, thought that was like wildly, like wildly big, like wildly huge. Right? Mm-hmm. If I really wanted to do that ritual, I could set it up. I could, I could take a day out and get everybody put into position, and I can do it right now. Yeah. And it came to us without even noticing it. So you ask how powerful is exponentials. We went from talking to David, making the wildest idea we could possibly think, 
I mean, really wild, right? We're going to have somebody up against the Arctic ice up north and going, hey, this is me doing the ritual from the Arctic, you know, calling to the north. And then somebody's going to go to California calling to the ocean. And somebody's going to have uh, Mexico down in the middle of the desert. And somebody on the east coast probably wasn't Washington, D.C. at one of the monoliths or something doing their ritual. And then we were going to be in Chicago doing the center of the ritual because, you know, then we're in the center. Because Chicago mm-hmm. was the center of all magical – Chicago is a very important magical city. Um, and today, that doesn't sound yes, like, indeed. you know, it's today, we just need four, we just need five phones, right? Six phones. Pretty much, And I yeah. just saw the software, and I saw the software, I literally saw the software for $25 a month allows us to put all that together. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about the reason why we couldn't and, do it, because it was a, yeah. that was a million dollars worth of equipment. Yeah, back when, back when we first talked about it, it isn't that it couldn't have been done, but it, it would have been a huge undertaking, and it would have been at the level of, of the state of the art at the time. Because, I mean, the television network could have done it, um, mm-hmm. but it would it would have still been more ambitious than most, most of what anything like that did. But they did have... Um, I mean, it was possible to bring people from different areas onto the same screen, but it would have cost millions of dollars. But, I mean, it, it's like, like the school. When Rosemary Fletcher first um, for, first saw that uh, the Daily Spell was going to be a thing, she described it as, as a newspaper and fully expected that it would be a hard copy newsletter being distributed in, in the old-fashioned way. Um, because as I, I recall, what she predicted was, was a daily uh, a daily newspaper all around the world. But she did not realize she was speaking about a, a new technology that was not really on, on her radar. No. And, um, you know, no, at I've this thought about point, that. yeah. So she literally had the vision about the same time the World Wide Web was being invented. Literally, the, the Tim Barrison was actually writing the code that would eventually become known as the World Wide Web versus the Internet. Mm-hmm. So she had no way of knowing because no one had actually seen it yet happen. Yeah. But people, she people at that so time thought that this was generations in the future still. The ordinary mm-hmm. people. Uh, unless they actually were up on cutting-edge science. Um. They knew it was coming someday. They didn't know it was coming in just a couple of years. Well, this is – okay, so this is a very important part of the magical hacks that I do. I'm always telling people that it's coming faster than you think. I've always told people this is coming faster than you think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, back in the 60s when Star Trek was showing us cell phones and, and um, the, the future internet and so forth with – Remarkably uh, prescient details, but you know people knew it was coming, but they thought it was coming in hundreds of years, and they really did. Ex- they really did think that, and w- those who lived to see it were quite amazed to see it in their lifetime. So here's where uh, I'm. If this is so. Let's get to the final nugget of our night. The final point. If that is happening in science, right? And I'm a magician as much as anything else. And we've broken things down. I'm telling you, so why can't 
Do you know what it means for magic? What it should mean for magic? Should we not be seeing the same growth? Can we not see what should take us hundreds of years to develop? Should we not mm-hmm. be developing it in years, decades, days maybe? I think in certain I mean, disciplines we are, but in others, I, I think um, I think a certain mindset is holding it back. But for example, time magic. Uh, mm-hmm. Time magic is not a traditional skill; it's quite new, um, at, at least in the way that it's being practiced. And, and it does seem to me that it's <laughs> developing quite quickly. Um, Well, and I, I wouldn't say the it's the only things. one, but it's the one that comes first to mind. Well, that one I guess you want to go ahead. Wow. Um, I, because as a practitioner of chronomagic, um, I think because one of the things I think the computer is giving us and science is giving us is some models in which we can actually exercise our will. And to realize that mm-hmm. inside the cyberspace, not for me, uh, inside cyberspace, we know that fourth dimensional reality exists. You can go backward and forward in time. You can really re in that, like a video, you can rewind a video in, in cyberspace. Mm. You can go, and in a video game, you can go back to another starting point and start over. Um, I think I would have, have to agree that it's helping helping to expand the ability to conceive in, in magical ways. So um, let me get to. Go ahead. No, I, I, I was done. Okay, so so this is the last piece for us. So may I'm, my big hack is that I've been invited to join the world group of robotics, basically. I've been talking about one aspect of, of hacking. So I have literally have got my opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about this. But scientists want me to use magic to hack science. Think about this. I have gotten the opportunity through my play and through my talk and my statement that psychics already have the skills needed to operate the machinery of the psychic machinery they're building. I have always said my first name of my first company was, when I got into the magical business, was telepathic media. And everybody Mm. told me that is what telepathic media gave birth was kind of the original home idea of the Daily Spell. It was our first communication, and we decided, but Teletopia Media was such a weird name, I had to give it up. Mm-hmm. And in the early days, it wasn't stable, so I lost the name through the .com because I got lost that because it was crazy back then. Yeah. But it, but in, in fact, I said, so, but, but to be very clear, I said when I got into this business, is that telepathy would become synthetic. Mm-hmm. That we would be able to communicate. And everything that I said has come true. And now the next step is because I have said this so often and so much on the internet that clairvoyance, the ability to see anywhere, is, you know, can be done cyberly. Hey, any camera in the world can be, you can, you can see it. Clair audience, same thing. Audio, what you're hearing right now is a recording, clair audience. And if you're listening to it, and, and for the person who's listening to this, 244 years from now, in the Chicago Public Library archives, and talking about the history of Chicago, yes, this is a very important point where cyware became uh, uh, insane. Okay, that's for you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and out there. But I'm serious about that. There's going to be a person 244 years from now. We're going to be sitting in the Chicago Public Library listening to this archive and listening to us. So this clear audience, and not only to, that's retrocognition. We're going to have a lot more retrocognition. And the literal one that I always said was going to happen is astral projection into space is now a scientific reality that they're studying. Very cool. It is. If you think about it, could you imagine astral projecting yourself or kind of putting your presence, putting on your helmet, your ears, your eyes, and being able to go anywhere in the world to do any ritual, go any space, to travel interdimensionally, to have a mm-hmm. – so that I could – that we could travel interdimensionally to a – place that you can control with your mind, mind over matter, mind over pixels, your mind won't know the difference, and, and, and exist. We're less than yeah. five years away from this sort of exponential magic. What will this do to our magic? So the important 10 hacks that you've got into it means that I'm not just playing with that, but we're about to hack literally reality itself with our magic and in the scientific world. So that's what I like about play because it comes out there at the end. Um, reality 2.0, right? Yeah. Well, I think I think it's more than 2.0, but yes, yeah, the next one. Really? You, I, think, I think our change? understanding of reality has changed many times. So I so I think yeah. So someday we're just going to put on you know, be able to put on earphones or headphones. We're going to put our helmets on, right? And then basically, mm-hmm. imagine going to illustration that way, going into you know, going into the Pirellian city that way. It sounds like a video game. It sounds like fun. But I also think that at that point, it'll create the necessary stimulations to actually see us have actually more day-to-day psionic energy. I think that it is. I think they're just like everything, underused muscles. And once we get mm-hmm. used to it, I think it is. They just found a whole bunch of things. But I want to thank you for being on with me, Don. I want to thank Marianne for my Missy Jones to be on. And we've talked to you about how you can contact you, how we've created this whole world. We showed you how we've hacked the world and have created exponential magic. We didn't even talk about the crystal web or any of the other stuff that we've done, which is on top of all of this. Next week, I will be about crypto magic. And Don's going to be back in May. And maybe later on this month, we'll be talking more about it. It's that month of April. Uh, mm-hmm. Tomorrow is the full moon. So do you have any blessings for people? Any last statements for you, for people, Don? Uh, <laughs> yes, be mindful of no. what you're doing. Whether you're consciously doing magic or, or just living your life, don't sleepwalk through it. Think about what think about what you're doing. Think about Ooh, like the effect it. of what you're doing. And um and and do it intentionally. So that's my last thought for people. And I think that's a great one to leave on. We're going to leave on with Loki loves you and have a good night, folks. And remember, sponsor wishschool.com for more pagans tonight. Oh, come on. Don't mercury me. Not sure what you're looking for. Mirror glass upon the floor. Your heart runs cold against the Night and leaves you with naught but fright. We're out a broken mirror, drifting big, your golden green. But once you
Blessings to everyone and have a good evening. And you've been listening to Psychic Chicago Radio. Uh, Psychic, wow, that's a throwback to the past. Psychic Chicago Radio, radio that gets into your mind across the airways at 105.3 FM. WVVX, where the race, the station that rocks. There you go, a little chrono magic for those last minute people. Um. No, I'm just teasing about that. But we're going to finish that up. I want to thank everybody uh, for being with me tonight and enjoying this show. And we'll be back next week with the next transmission. And we'll talk a little bit about cyber magic, the various definitions of magic and how they relate to the psychic world. You're listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 